morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The day today is the 1st of March, year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome to yet another episode of the Bun and Cardigan Show. I am, of course, joined by my on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, co-host James Edwards III of The Athletic. James Edwards III, we have a very interesting problem on our hands in Detroit. Our point guards might be a little bit too good in the sense that, like, moving forward, you add Cade Cunningham to this team who, by the way, had, what, 40-14 and 14 in an overtime win against Oklahoma. Um, the Cade stock is at an all-time high. Pistons are in a quite the predicament with their rotation right now. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, if you remember when, when uh, the news that DeLon went down, I tweeted, it's a win-win for the Pistons. It's either they're going to be really bad, really, really bad, even worse, and they're going to better themselves for the Cade sweepstakes, or they're going to find a diamond in the rough at the point guard position. I would say Saban has definitely emerged um, as the diamond in the rough. Sure. Um, if you're listening to this right now on Monday, I have a story up on Saban Lee on The Athletic where I um, I talked to – if you've noticed, if you've listened to Dwayne's pressers lately since Saban's been shooting the three ball well, he's mentioned the name Bryston Williams, who is one of the player development coaches who works a lot with guys shooting. So I talked to him about, about what's gone into Saban as a shooter – and also, there's a nugget in there about a gift that Derrick Rose gave to Saban Lee before he left. Ooh. So there's your little teaser. Go check that story up on The Athletic. But he's been really good. And DSJ, as of late, I mean, he's he's been comfortable. You can tell that he's starting to find his footing. I asked him yesterday, like, when you get to a new place, obviously it takes time to get comfortable. But, like, do you know that you're starting to get comfortable or does it just happen? And it feels like Dennis is eased. He said – I forgot what he said, but I think – he said it's he said you never want to get comfortable but he said he started to slowly feel a little bit more like himself and I don't know if I believe in the shooting that's been a big part of the reason he's been successful um defensively on ball he's impressed me um I still need to see a little bit more like he's shown the last few games attacking the rim and and decision making uh but he's been I would say he's been solid these last few games yeah it seems like every single game because he's been here for I think 19 or 20 days now he's been here for three weeks and with every game that passes, I've said it a few times now, and you kind of just alluded to it as well, um, he's settling into the offense more and more with every game that passes, sort of finding some footing in the, the scoring hierarchy for Detroit. Um, and the, the, the confidence is definitely there. There have been, a, like, a lot of pull-up threes, like a lot. Yeah. And it's like, brother, if you're confident, I'm going to let it fly right now. It's okay, right? Like, it's fine. Um, he obviously had the, the dunk against Sacramento. That was like, oh, okay, so you, you still got it. You still got yeah, his first his first in a year. Um, you were obviously in arena, um, so you didn't get to hear. George Blaha did call it a windmill, and did he? he? I believe he did, and that's not what happened. That's not what he did. But um, uh, funny story with that. I was actually looking down, like I was tweeting something when it happened, oh. and it. But it it like got really loud, and I like shot like it got loud like. Fan, like there were a lot of fans yeah. in the arena. Like they, they did a good job of the the fans that the people that were there, the 500 or so, they got really loud, and then the in arena music cued perfectly. And I like for a second looked around and like thought like what the hell? Like did yeah. people just sneak in? Like that dunk really like rattled LCA. It was really weird. But then I saw the replay, and I've since seen it. But I was yeah, I looked down for a split second when the dunk happened. That's I was kind of upset. I wanted to see it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't remember who it was that tweeted this, so I apologize whoever it was because they were right that this was the first Pistons game where you could actually hear the the real fans over the crowd noise. Like it actually felt like a, oh, could you? Yeah, it felt like a really cool environment. Um, like you could it, it yeah, it just actually felt like people were there. It was really nice. It wasn't yeah, just they, the you they've know. got like five hundred in, and most are employees and family friends. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean those that they got up on their feet for that dunk. I did see another tweet. This one was from uh, Czar Turner, formerly known as Raz P. Berry. It was a great tweet. I'm formerly known as like nine other things. Yes. Right? Uh, well, Raz yeah. P. Berry was what he was always uh, what I always remembered him as. But I, yeah, um, editing extraordinaire, Pistons hype video editing extraordinaire. Anyways, I'm curious to get your thoughts on on what he said. This whole manifestation of Cade Cunningham to Detroit is starting to feel oddly reminiscent of. Uh, Zion to the Knicks, and I don't mean on a on a national scale because nobody's talking about. It. I just mean in our own little bubble, we are like really talking about this, and it just feels like we're gonna get duped. Thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I have there's there's a large part of me that feels like the Pistons will still end the season with a bottom three record. Pro- probably in my eyes, the second worst record. I think Minnesota is going to be the worst team in the league. But the Wizards are winning a lot of games right now, which is really yeah. good. Like I think the Pistons will comfortably be a bottom three team. The goal, obviously, is to be the worst team because then you're automatically guarantee- guaranteed a top five pick. And while this draft is people hype it up a little bit more than last year's this draft is like the top five you want to have a top five pick this year after the top five it gets a little more like up in the air unlike last year was like the top five is like eh, but then you could find some guys in the in the middle picks this year it's the other way around so you want to make sure you get a top five pick and to do that you need to be the worst team in the league so there are parts of me that feel like the pistons will get the have the second worst record and end up with the number six pick just because of how history has gone the pistons i don't believe have ever moved up in the draft never once uh, lottery never once um and even then this year it gives them a little more room if they finish with the second worst record but still end up picking like fourth or fifth it's like not the end of the world right um but obviously everybody's kind of now i know pistons fans very well and nick you do too you're you're the the champion of them um even if pistons fans end up with like the third pick or the fourth pick and end up with like kaminga or green or mobley i think they're going to be upset because they get too attached to certain guys. And I think I'm starting to sense now the Mobley stuff. We're starting to get to it. Like, there was always, like, I'd be like we should go for Mobley. Like, that'd be cool. But now I'm starting to feel like they're starting to get it. Like, they're watching Mobley. They're watching Oklahoma State games now. Like, I think it's starting yeah. to get to that point. I think um, I, I think no matter what, we – should be if when we inevitably don't get the first pick i think that we all should be a little bit pissed about that and i think that we there will be sort of this intrinsic feeling of like Cade was right there and like we almost had him like especially if we get number two right you're right there and then they you know but i think at the end of the day like you said but i'm not gonna be mad about it i'm just gonna i'll just think of what could have been but right, Mobley's a good player. I just right. think the average fan will look. Why are you taking a center number two, not knowing Mobley's like one of the guys, one of the big men that you like do use a top three pick on? Right. Um, great question. I saw the other day. Again, I I'm totally blanking on who said it. Probably your brother. No. It, oh, it was Laz. It was go oh. figure. It was Lazarus Jackson, the dean of Pistons Twitter. Um, no, I, Matthew doesn't have any questions this week. No questions for no questions I'm for sad. today's episode. Yeah. Um, I thought about texting him before the show, and I was like, James is going to throw a fit. Anyways, Laz said, if you had to do a redraft, um, would uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander go above DeAndre Ayton? DeAndre Ayton was picked uh, first that year. Or, I'm sorry, no, he was picked second. No, he was first. I think if you do a redraft, Shea goes above him, yes. Ayton was first, right? Ayton was, yeah, Ayton was first. Yeah, and, okay. Uh, who was second? Right, this is really throwing me off, because Luca went... Luke, Luca and Trey went four five. Was it Jaron? Was it three five? Jaron Jackson went third. Yep. What year was that? The twenty eighteen. That was twenty eighteen. That was the Bruce Brown. Pistons didn't have a first round pick. No. Um, not the NFL draft. This is terrible podcasting. But yeah. I cannot remember who went number two. But anyways, so while you're looking this up, you would take you would take SJ over Aiden. Yeah. It was oh, it was your boy who we're going to talk about for some reason. You want to talk That's about him? Right. Marvin Bagley. Marvin um, Bagley. Luca third. went third. Jaron fourth. Trey fifth. Okay, so I very clearly have no memory of how this draft went. But anyways, and Pist- that says a lot about Marvin Bagley. Yes, Pistons played the Kings the other day. Very special game for me, which you actually remembered. It was very yeah, sweet of you to remember that. Um, I did end up finding a broadcast for the fourth quarter. I did get to listen to uh, Mark Jones and Doug Christie, um, which made me very happy mm-hmm. i've become sort of like a jehovah's witness for marvin bagley where i will be like have you uh talked about marvin bagley today like i'll go i'll, I'll knock on doors and be like have you accepted marvin bagley as like a really good like perennial all-star uh in the future here's the thing about bagley for me because a lot of pistons fans are like we should take a shot at him like throw the throw the what's the saying throw the kitchen sink at sacramento get bagley on this team it's like i mean do pistons fans say that yes or is it just you i'm no no i'm i am not a proponent of it whatsoever okay Um, well i mean you just told me you went to you're going door to door to make sure people are doing that on on the behalf of kings fans 
Oh, okay. I'm doing that because... Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, because okay. the rhetoric is um, he's not Luka. You could have drafted Luka, and uh, Vladi Divac was like, this Bagley guy. Vladi like, didn't like Luka's dad or something, and that's yeah. why he didn't. Which I was told that that is unequivocally untrue, but I'll just pretend that I didn't hear that. Anyways. Nick Bomb. I, yeah. I have a little bit more I would, on that. I would I say I've heard that it is true, but if I were Vladi, I would do everything in my power to say it's not true. I was told of, in a very specific way about how it wasn't true. But anyways. Okay. Um, you're, the, you're the king's insider more so than I, a, so I'm going to lean on you for a this. A little yeah. bit of an edge. A teeny tiny yeah. bit, sure. That's fine. Um, anyways, I watched Bagley play, and I tweeted this the other day. I said it in my recap, which go figure. The Pistons lost, and the recap didn't do well which is why I don't make them for losses. But I'm watching Bagley, and I swear to God, if the guy just posted up all the time, I'm talking fear on fear, put their ass in the basket, this guy is going 80% on a season. Okay? He'll do these face-ups within seven feet, and he just doesn't go anywhere with the basketball. It's one thing if he's doing a step through, right? Because he's quite good with those. But it's insane to me that there's so much untapped potential with him from a, a, a physicality standpoint that just he doesn't lean into all the time. And there's such yeah, tremendous issues of consistency has, with him. It drives me insane. I mean, he's young still. I don't think he has a lot of dog in him right now. He needs to put on some weight, too. Um yeah, I think he's a, f- a finesse player that struggled to find finesse in the NBA. Um, and I, I'm not like – I don't think Marvin's like going to be out of the league anytime soon, but I don't – I'm not putting any money on Marvin ever making an all-star game. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving when – when I hear the door knocking, I'm, I'm turning up the volume. Sure. Uh, on the Dilla, and I'm, I'm not – I'm acting like nobody's home. You're drawing the blinds. Yeah. They can't look in. Yeah. Um. I had this thought watching the Kings game, and I was like, ooh, I like this. I'm going to text James. Ooh, no, wait. I'm going to wait for the pod. I watched Aaron Fox play. Yeah. And I think this guy's just going to be another Mike Conley in terms of never making an all-star game. One of those guys that he he always should – he there will always be a case for De'Aaron Fox to make an all-star team. I just feel like the conference is always going to be too stacked. I like that. I could see that happening. Um, I like De'Aaron Fox a lot. A lot. Um, a lot, a lot. And I, I, I definitely could see that. I do think there's going to be – I do think there's going to be a time when the Kings turn it around because they're going to pick high. Their team isn't very good. I mean, it, it smells like a – are you – you don't agree with that? They're not, Dude, they just lost nine in a row. No, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, and I'm saying they struggle in the – the social media thing with the Pistons was hilarious. They're, they're, the Kings have a great social team. They no, really it wasn't do. funny. Like it was actually funny. It was like, why are you shit talking the oh, Pistons I get, when oh, you I just lost nine in a okay, row? Okay, sure. And it took you until like the final, like it literally a Josh Jackson error on a, yeah. intentionally missing a free throw is the reason you won the game. Like I, I'm all for like the social media wars, and I'm all for shit talking. You know me well enough that yeah. I'm here for all of it. But it's like. That was, like, very just bad taste. Like, your team is bad. Sure. And, like... You t- you're you taking like this s- pretty personally. I, this is interesting And that's to the me. thing. Like, I don't really give a shit less that they sent it to the Pistons. Like, I don't care. Yeah. But, like, I'm, I'm a shit-talking connoisseur. I love it when it's done well. Yeah. I love it when it's clever and creative. But for, like, a team that just lost nine in a row, and I'm, like, convinced that if they lost that, like, they're looking for a new coach uh yeah i agree with that and yeah like it just wasn't like they blew a big lead like it just wasn't like a game where they like they taunted detroit like they smacked them around it was just very i don't know it was just a very bad uh if i was running the social account on that i would i would suspend whoever tweeted that for for two games (laughs) it's also a great loss for detroit Mm -hmm. it was that was great it's one of those like the loss was better for Detroit than the win for everybody sure. for everybody in Sacramento except for Luke Walton. Sure. Um, and that's the biggest thing. I've always been a big Luke Walton, like, hey, he's a great guy. I, for what it's worth, actually do still believe that. But then I think to myself, 
that doesn't matter. <laughs> you can't coach no, basketball. You no, can't. And be... I also don't think that team is very good. Like the I roster know they have injuries. Is, by the way, like the roster is great. It's but it's I don't just like a... the I don't love the roster. Um, like I mean, we're if you're like who was out last night that was like pre- a predominant rotation guy, Tyrese Halliburton. That was it. Like yeah, Kyle Guy got minutes. Um, which which you act like is irregular. It's not. No, but like they needed Kyle, like they needed ten minutes of Kyle Guy last night. But you know what like, he did? Nothing. nothing. That's what I'm saying. Okay, sure. I just don't. You just look at that roster, and like how many? I mean, Harrison Barnes is, and then we're spending way too much on the Kings. Like, oh my gosh, this is this is the last thing, and then we're moving on. We have been talking mm-hmm. about the Kings for a little too long. Now. Um, like I mean, yeah, you go down the roster. Harrison Barnes, obviously well overpaid. De'Aaron Fox, stud. Buddy Heald, I think has lost some of his lust. Uh, they were without Hassan. Hassan didn't play in that game, no. right? No, Rash- it was yeah, the Rashawn was... Holmes, uh, Bielitsa, right. and Bagley show. Rashawn, good player. Bar- Bagley, iffy. Bielitsa like, was in the rotation, like barely played the other night. Um, I think Robert Woodard's hurt, or he might be in the G League. Corey Joseph is just hasn't done a thing. Norvell Pell was hurt. Like, that team is gross to me. Um, like, there's two guys – Three guys, De'Aaron, Tyrese. I felt so robbed that, that we really didn't get like a Halliburton, buddies. a Halliburton killing Hayes matchup. We were robbed of that. No, we, uh, you were robbed of it. Uh, for the sake of my mentions, sure. How that game could have went if if both were playing. I don't. Based on the last time we've seen both of them, I don't. It would have been. Uh, it would have been bad. Yeah. Um, from the fans. Yeah. So, so let's the, start enough Kings yes, talk. Yes, so that's enough Kings talk today. James, let's do the game right now. Should we talk about uh, Spencer first? Let's get Pistons you talk out of the way. You are right, because I I'm actually forgot you. that we wanted to do that. Um, yeah, so a uh, rumor comes out. Was it from uh, Ian Begley? I think it was, yes, I think it was I Begley. Yes, I believe so. Um, yesterday morning, as of this recording, it was yesterday morning, uh, that the Pistons inquired about Spencer Dinwiddie's availability. And I texted mm-hmm. you, and I was like, why um here's the thing so if you want Dinwiddie it's for reasons that I don't quite understand because the guard play is actually pretty good for Detroit right now like we talked about at the top of this and but I would say Spencer's better than any guard that they have sure but that yeah. is seems a little bit contradictive of the point right it's I'll se- say this no uh, yeah in a way you, you you need as many guards as this is the thing I had heard about this, and I don't think I told you this, but I heard about this uh, conversation that both sides had about a week ago, and um, I believe Mason Plumley was discussed as what would go back to Brooklyn. Uh, the thing that I don't, the th- of course, everybody in their mind, tank, 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 be bad. Adding Spencer wouldn't do that. But you have to remember, there's a very high chance Spencer doesn't play this year. And this year is about setting the foundation, getting the young guys, seeing what you have with them. And now they're slowly going to start – after this year, they're going to slowly start building toward contention. Yeah. So, I mean, if, adding Spencer this year, maybe you can resign him. Well, he's a player they're, option, correct, for next year? I think it's a player option. If not, yeah. I think they'd have his bird rights. Um, you could promise him a role. you got money to spend. Uh, I believe once you trade Mason, you would have money to use. Um, On who, though? This free agency class isn't good. Well, that's the thing. They get you Spencer in the house. That's what I'm saying. You resign okay. Spencer. Okay. okay. Yeah. So then you start building slowly. Um, like I don't. I, I don't. It's again just because they inquire doesn't mean it's going to happen, folks. Remember that. Uh, teams talk all the time, and stuff gets out about maybe somebody asked the the Nets who who inquired, who have you talked to about Spencer, and you you don't know who reached out to who. Um, but I, I wouldn't hate a move for Spencer if they knew they could resign him. I wouldn't hate that. Then you're you're slowly building pl- building pieces towards the, the timeline of being relevant. I would agree with that. I just I if if memory serves, somebody asked if he would ever play in Detroit again and he was like, Absolutely not. Yeah, but when you're coming off an ACL injury, uh the front office has changed twice since then. I, I don't Spencer would go in there and there'd not be a single soul that was on there when he was here right. in Detroit. Right. The front office is different. The coach is different. Like I, uh, I mean, maybe maybe he truly hated it here and he wouldn't. But I would imagine Detroit wouldn't do that unless they. I'm sure they're aware of what he said, and I'm sure they wouldn't do that trade 
um, if they knew they didn't have a chance to bring him back. It's it's just interesting to me because, and I don't. Or they could use him as a trade chip if he does in fact have the player option. Sure, that would be fun. That would be interesting. But then it's just weird because it's like, well, I don't know. But and I even wonder about the Plumlee fit in Brooklyn. I would st- I would rather just roll uh, yeah. with KD as the the stretch five or it Jeff Green in in close minutes. I would rather roll with that. Because the thing with Plumlee right now is he's actually pretty effective with the ball in his hands. We talked last week about um, how the Pistons initiate a lot of their offense um, from the high post. And, like, Plumlee will have the ball in his hands, and he'll be the one to make decisions. He does have a player option, Spencer. Okay. But in Brooklyn, that wouldn't happen, right? And he's not and he's not filling their need of, of rim protection. Right. So, so uh, yeah. the whole thing is really wonky to me um that's why i'm just like okay so that's not happening um it would be interesting to me that um wow okay we signed Plumlee to a three-year deal and he's already gone because i've just kind of convinced myself that that's not going to be a thing until he's an expiring um i don't know open up minutes for isaiah sure i just the whole thing is is quite weird to me and i like when i texted you i was like this is just this is dumb i just think this is dumb also no um, you did not tell me about that, that you knew that that conversation was had. Yeah, I was saving it for the pot. Yeah, I had been, I had already heard that there was a conversation regarding Spencer um, from a secondhand person, and Mason was the the centerpiece in the Detroit talk of things, yeah. That's interesting. Um, another thing that's going on right now, um, you anticipate that sometime this week we will receive news about the rising stars roster now i would think so yeah i think it's i don't think detroit's getting two but i do think they'll get one who do you think the one will be or if you think we'll get two then sure that's a rookie sophomore game right Mm -hmm. i always forget Mm -hmm. i'd say sadiq without question and i think isaiah could be on the fringe yeah yeah i just think sadiq is like a concrete that's gonna happen 100 percent um, with Isaiah, I just, I don't know. Cause I'm trying to think of what other rookie bigs have been as good as him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he's been better than Onyeka Kongwu, who's, I mean, barely sniffed the floor. Right. He's been, be- he's been better uh, than Tillman. Um, eh, Tillman's been really good. His three ball isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But I'd say he's been more of a central piece to a, a decent team. Okay. Fair. Um, then even then we're saying what? Wiseman? I think Wiseman would get in over him. Tillman? Well, there, there's not only one that's making it is my point. So if yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to go through the rookie bits. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if there's three, like that's three right there. And may, Sure, we're being biased. Sure. But I, what's how long has Nicholas Claxton been in the league? This is his right. third year, I think. Yeah, let's play the game. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, that was just such a random. Uh, let's just do it now, okay? So this because is, you brought because you and your love for Nicholas Claxton. So has he? He's played. Wasn't he just hurt this whole year? He just he just started uh, playing the other night. He's good now. He's in like so he's, like he's in the lineup. You're right. They, you're right. Adam Silver, Nicholas Claxton's healthy now. We're gonna put him in the game. You're right. That's my bad. I should have let you finish. Are you? I don't. Are you punking me right now? I don't know what is happening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So just to, so everybody is. I don't know if anybody else is as disoriented as I am. James, uh, we, we there's friction between us. Yeah, you did not like that bit at all. Yeah, I didn't know where it was coming. I never did you ever do you ever felt like legitimate? Somebody tweeted that there's a he feels like he loves the show and he thinks it makes it great, but he legitimately feels like. Well, I should preface that he told us in the tweet. So props to uh, I forgot who it was. He told us he was high when he was listening to the show. Yeah, I believe he said that. Correct. I'm not like he, he did say actually that. tweeted that, he so I'm not say self-incriminating that, yes. him. Yes. Um. But he said he felt like there was tension. I don't. Do you feel like I've ever been legitimately upset with you? Well, here's my only thing. Yes, oh, first of all, yes, really. Sometimes, but I'm. I know that. But here's here's what I think in my head. I go when he's, you know, when James is doing his little yapping. It's because he's more comfortable with me now, or he feels like he can mess with me like that. So that's what like I just a, think a, that you and I are pals now because you're mean to me all the time. I'm mean to you. So gosh, here, I'm like so. I don't know what's here's, mean. Here's my bit. Well, no, no, no. It's it's fine. I'm not actually mad about it. I think yeah, it's yeah, I think it's funny. Here's the yeah. thing. Here's the thing that I thought was a little bit like get out of here. 
you go, I don't like this bit. And I'm like, James, you insinuate that I'm racist on every single episode that we do. That's a joke. Because you like a bunch of white players. I know. I'm just saying. I thought I thought that it was funny that there was sort of a double thing. Anyways, James. And then I was listening to old pods last night as I was driving to get food. I was listening to, I think, our mailbag episode. And I like meant to text you, too, because you talked about how you hated Steve Blake. And I was like. Hated that, Steve Blake. Yeah, because he was a scrawny white guy so i was gonna apologize but it was a joke you really like you think i'm serious when i say that uh no but i don't i know that you're not but i don't want other people to think that you are when have i been mean to you let's get it all out now james you have a game that you want to play no i wanted i wanted like i if i seriously like hurt your feelings before i've never hurt my feelings james okay have i been like have i speaking have i spoken as if i'm above you no, 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 no. God, no. Okay. Let me break the wall really quick so people can understand what is happening in my brain right now. I wasn't going to say it. I'm incredibly hungover right now. So James is like trying to have this therapy session and I can't handle it right now. The pod is the, the listeners are going to be confused because you told them you don't drink. I don't, which is why it's so easy for me to be hungover. But I think people had the idea that you're like. I'm not like a, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, I don't know. No, I, I do. Said, I almost said celibate, but that's not I almost said the same thing. I almost <laughs> yeah. said the same thing. Yeah, um, yeah not, not that. Like but it. yeah, no, I just, I just don't. The straight edge. I just it? don't yeah. do it. But uh, well, I do other things. Edge. I just, I just don't. I just whatever. Usually don't drink, and it's I, not because yeah, you're just, you just, it's not your it's not my thing. Re- release of choice. Sure, but anyways, so I'm super hungover, James. Uh, this is like my flu game, James is mad that I did really well in who he played for, or sorry, who does he play for? I'm more mad that you got... Mason Jones. Uh, yeah, because then the number would have been, like, fine. But, like, the fact that you guessed Mason Jones, right, like, really, like, okay. and then it gave I you mean... a good percentage. So we're going to play again. I got five for Nick. Okay. And if he gets if he gets all of them, if he gets more than three, which I think he could, I will, I will submit to you as the who does that man play for champion okay are you ready yeah reggie perry reggie perry plays for the uh brooklyn nets brandon got good one brandon goodwin played which i just want to make sure i was correct right yes you were correct brandon goodwin plays for memphis atlanta hawks i didn't know that gabe vincent Ooh, i know this one Gabe Vincent plays for the Pelicans. Miami Heat. I didn't know that He was one. getting a lot of minutes. He might be in the G League now, but he was getting a lot of minutes when all the guys were out with COVID. I'm geographically close with both of these wrong. You with are. both of these misses. So. Keita Bates Jop. He plays for Minnesota. The Spurs. Oh, I'm thinking of um, uh, Diop. Bates Diop. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So well, I'm one, I said, one I, said I said Bates Diop. You, who am I thinking of? Never mind. Anyways. Gorgie Dang. He plays for Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Two of five. That make you feel better? That makes me feel better. Okay. All right. Anyways, um, what else did we have today? We were going over so the docket. I, yeah. Well, because I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and, and pretend I that I knew some of those. Those were some good ones. I have a question for you. Okay. Pistons question. Yeah. If you could change one thing about the organization whether it be their their path that they're choosing to go forward their jerseys um marketing um uh direction maybe it's uh the gm coach trade what's one thing you would change right if you could if you if you could do anything i wish they had a different owner okay I firmly, I do not want Tom Gores to own this basketball team. And I, I know, I do feel a little bit bad saying that because I know that there are people that work for the Pistons that listen to this and I don't want to. I mean, yeah, don't hold, I mean, don't hold back. I mean, is it other than, other than the recent, the prison telecom stuff? That's why. That's the reason? Okay. That's, that's why. Fair. I do, I, I do respect, um, as a, as a, as a basketball owner, I do really respect that Tom Gores does not want to put out a bad product. Mm-hmm. And I think that's – although it kind of screwed us um, long-term a little bit, I think Troy Weaver's done a really good job sort of amending that situation, navigating it. In terms of a marketing standpoint, I 
would really like to see um, the Pistons sort of try to tap into a younger audience a little bit. I think we've talked I think about they're it. trying. Yeah, I agree with, with the that. Big Sean stuff. Yep, I agree with that. And um, I think I've, that's a bad choice, but I'm in the minority. I'm getting not, old, so I'm not in a the big minority. Sean guy. Not at all. I'd rather his albums would be fire if they were instrumentals. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like I followed them on TikTok. They're they're great on there. Um, could use a little little more some some more memes, you know, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That would be great. But no, um, in, in terms of where the team is actually at, I, I sounds really corny. I just off the top of my head, I'm I'm very content with where we are. Um, the rebuild's going honestly a little bit better than I thought it was going to go. Um, you know, everybody's sort of had their moment this year. It's just sort of waiting for Killian. Like, you know, the people who want Dwayne Casey fired, give me a reason that doesn't involve Seku, right? That's it. Yeah. Like, you know, people want him gone, and then you ask why, and it has something to do with Seku. And it's like, maybe you should do some evaluation there, and maybe it's maybe that has nothing to do with Dwayne Casey. Or maybe it just has to do with the, the fact that Seku's 20. So I'm good there. Um, if Casey rides out these next three years and retires, all the love in the world, like, I'm good, no, whatever. If he wants to keep coaching us, I'm fine with that. Um, I have no problems with Troy. Um, I had really no problems with Ed. How many blunders did Ed have? I mean, it depends on what, again, what you wanted out of your fandom. Some people yeah. are still upset about what they got for Andre. Um, I think that's, and I reported it then, there are teams, the majority of teams around the league don't see him as a winner. And I think there's a reason that he's been sitting out all this time and it's not easy to trade him uh, because the return is what it is. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, people were upset about the whole Servetus thing. Oh, like uh, trading picks and like oh, well, people are also mad drafting about drafting Servetus in the '30s when people yeah. didn't even have him on the on the board. People were mad about that, which ties into it, but Kevin Porter Jr. and that whole thing, because yeah. you you pull off the the John Lure for Tony Snell and a first pick to get John Horst and the Bucks under the the, the tax. Yep, and you're like, wow. We have this other first round pick. It's gonna be awesome, and then it's gone. And then we draft. We we pick up a draft and stash a guy who is actually here, but is never gonna play ever. No. So that I will say is one. Just, I get a lot of Servetus questions, man. I don't understand it. I get it because there's like mystery. Um, why are you pointing at your hand? I was oh. doing a very subtle gesture. Yeah. Um. I think that's part of it. I also think it's there's just mystery. Like everybody's fascinated with what they don't know. Um, I would just say there's a there's a reason he's not playing, and there's also a reason he's on an NBA roster right now. So you can do your googles on that. I would say, if anything, like I don't know that there's really been anything that's happened in the last few years that I haven't eventually come around on. Um, the Andre trade, I was like, that's not great. I was mad that we didn't try to go after Fultz, um, especially after he was moved for Jonathan Simmons. That bothered me, but it, I don't consider that a blunder. Um, so, you know, in terms of management, I think, you know, these last few years have been have been pretty fun, pretty strong. Like the Christian Wood thing obviously still bothers me. It bothers me that they either didn't check in on Harry Giles or just nothing materialized there. Like all memes aside, that's something that does kind of bother me a little bit. Can we talk about the Christian Wood thing really quick? Just as you brought it up. Like, I mean, I know it's old news now, but we'll just briefly. Like, why does it bother you? You'd rather have them go for the playoffs with him and Grant? See, that's your thing. That's your yeah. thing. Where you, and that's not a rumor. Well, I'm asking. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I'm general. I'm not trying to be a smartass. I don't think that they would be that good. I don't think they would be. But well, it's easy. It's easy to say that. But like seeds four through twelve are separated a 500 by like record. Yeah, no. But seriously, they're all separated by like two games. You go on a three game winning streak, and you're in the play in game, and now all of a sudden you're playing the five seed. Like it's it's wild right now. So, and this team is, and we've talked about it a bunch. This team is closer to being like thirteen and twenty, fourteen and uh, nineteen. I don't know how many games they've played right now off the top of my head. Like they're closer to being five hundred than the record suggests with this team. I just think Christian and Jeremy at this level. Again, nobody anticipated Jeremy playing at this level, but knowing what we know about Jeremy and knowing what we know Christian can do, I just think that team's competing for like the play-in tournament, and I think that's a no-no. Does Christian Wood's spot on this team impede Jeremy's ability to be on the level that he's at is the question. 
No, no, I don't think so. I think I mean his numbers wouldn't be as inflated, but I still think he would be like as like he he would be ju- as jump out on the scene as much as he has. I don't I think I don't think his numbers would be as high. Sure. Now. Christian would take up a lot of those shots, but I do think he'd be considered like a surprise like he is right now. Yeah, I look. I like you said it's old news. It feels corny that we're even bringing it up, but it's topical, so. Yeah. Um on the Christian thing and as well as the Bruce thing, it just feels like those are two guys that fit your timeline and your identity to a T. So it just feels weird to me that we've now gift wrapped um a, a catalyst in a title run to Brooklyn for what the 55th pick in the draft like can we talk about Bruce for a second you know how much I like love Bruce Brown the person I've talked about it on this show he's a good dude I had a chance to ch- chat with him for a second when he was here the other day like I understand like people are like getting up in arms about like when he has these 29 point games and stuff but like why is nobody like saying anything when he's having like the three point games and the zero point games and the two point games, which come more frequently than the twenty nine point games? You know what I mean? Like the noise, the the oh my gosh, I can't believe the Pistons did this gets a lot louder when he's like playing well. But like if you check the game before, he was like one for three, three points. Played great defense, does what he does well. But it's like people are acting like he's turned a corner offensively and the Pistons missed out. And yeah, like he's improved. I think he has improved offensively, like especially like finishing around the rim. Yeah. But, like, let's, like, not act like he's doing this every single night. Like, this isn't – like, there are as many blah games uh, of, on the box score as there are um, – there's more than, than these standout games. And he's just better fit for Brooklyn than he is for Detroit. I don't – like, so, it's, who is he going to play over in Detroit? So, the thing is, like, Draymond Green – not better Green, than Josh Jackson. And, I, and you know I'm not the biggest Josh Jackson guy. Do I know that? Have I not said it on here? This is my thing oh. with Josh. I mean, I think he's had a solid season, um, and I think he's turned some heads. This is how I always describe Josh, the Josh Jackson experience to people on on press row when we when we were watching and we and we talk about it. Josh Jackson will bring you will bring you back and bring you into it. He'll bring you back into a game, and then he'll lose you the same game that he brought you back into. Interesting. I think he makes a lot of mental errors down the stretch. I think he relies on his jumper a lot down the stretch. Um, he goes for a lot of steals he can't get. I just think he'll he'll have a stretch in the middle of the game where he's like, the bench comes in, you're down by 20, the bench comes in, Josh is balling, he brings you back, you're down two going into halftime, you're up two going into halftime. Then you have a chance to win it down the stretch, and Josh does some things that, that make you lose by a, a possession or two. So it sounds like your thing is he plays better when there's nothing there's nothing to lose. I think I wouldn't say I wouldn't put it like that. I would say Josh, when the game is more free flowing, like it tends to be in the middle of games and especially in the regular season, he's fine. When it's kind of nut crunching time, some of his uh, lapses show a little bit more. Um, when when teams are tightening down and, and trying, it's time to win. It's time to win time. You know what I mean? Sure. I think, um, yeah, the jumper thing, I agree with that. He did go through like a five or six game stretch, I think, earlier this month where he was shooting the ball like really, really well. Yeah. Um, but since, yeah, if he's attacking the basket, I feel great. He's got a really nice up and under that he's worked on that I, that I think is really strong. Um, I, we've talked about We've preached about it dozens of times on this show. Um, the body control that he has around the rim um, is, is great. But in – on the Bruce thing, like, you look at Draymond, a guy who just can't score anymore, um, and it's important not to box score watch with a guy like him. Yeah, no, I agree. He's I gonna, yeah, 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 I agree. And I'm gonna, not saying Bruce, we should, like, it's a it's strict box score. Like, I've watched the Nets, and he's played well, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think he's he's more beneficial where he's at than what where he's where he would have been in Detroit. Like he's, he's going to be baby Tony Allen for Brooklyn. Like that's yeah. what he's going to be, and which is all that they need. And yeah. it's really frustrating me. I cannot find the medium in which I said it. I do not know if it was an article, if it was a video, if it was a podcast. I don't know what it was. But last summer, I kept saying Bruce Brown is one of those guys that is going to be fundamentally important to a team winning a championship. And during his entire time in Detroit, that will never be. Um, like an, he'll never be in a scenario where he's that guy. 
Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my always my biggest problem with him and all the young guys that we had like a year ago is they all felt like really good role players on championship teams. Like and Bruce, that's why they that was a big reason why they traded Luke. Right. And, and now the Clippers won't play him. And I think that goes back to the Luke problem too. I I'm not going to talk about it. But um with the Bruce thing, you know, he's a guy who is going to have some 20 point moments in the playoffs at some point some random game against toronto right when all the focus on force him to beat them exactly all the the focus is going to be on everybody else um that they have and i don't know like just on the like if he was still in detroit we would love him all the same the reality is that he's really not doing that much different that much differently in brooklyn it's just that he's on a team and in a situation and in a spotlight where it's valued when he's on the floor, you seldom understand what position he's actually playing. Yeah. And when you have that sort of Swiss Army knife, see one, is he a two, is he a small three? What's and going on? And when he was here? in Detroit, he's when he was in Detroit specifically last year, he's much higher on the scouting report than he is in Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, which I, mean, I think he was is the just primary a... ball handler last year. Like he, that guy is higher on team scouting reports than he is in Brooklyn, where it's. You probably get seven, eight guys down before you get to Bruce Brown. Which is an indictment on both how talented Brooklyn is and how untalented Detroit is or was. Exactly. Um, so it it is what it is. Like, I'm not mad about it anymore. Like, it kind of stings. It, all jokes aside, I would have really enjoyed maybe the idea of getting Claxton back and all that. Now I understand that since they don't have bigs, period, um, he's obviously now even more essential to them. Um, but that would be a dream. Can you put your GM hat on for a second? I think we talked about this not too long ago. Okay. There we go. Hey. Got my Supreme GM hat on. No. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Is that Supreme? It is Supreme. It's a Supreme Air Max uh, hat. That was tight. Um, If somebody offered you picks 25 through 30 for Josh Jackson, would you do it? So this is – you say picks 25 through 30. So it's a one 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 pick that's somewhere between 25 – in this year's draft. Or next year's. Just A, 25 through 30 in this year or next year. You know why I would do it? Because that feels a little bit to me like you're selling high. And you're sort of getting out when when it's – when uh, or you're, you're, what, you're getting out when the getting's good, whatever it is. Yeah. In an ideal world, no, I'd like to keep him because he seems genuinely happy that he's able to sort of thrive in a basketball capacity. Where And then now I think – if he were to go to a different team, I wonder if he would sort of revert or regress back to what he was before. So you're looking at him from a human being standpoint. I want you to look at it from a team building standpoint. Do you think that this version of Josh Jackson is the best it's going to get? And do you think if you can get 25, another first round pick, do you think you could you would you would do that? Let me tell you why I wouldn't do it. Because I'm not in the business of uh taking chances on guys and then when they work thinking we got to start over again. We got to take a chance on someone else. Who's up next, right? I agree with that to a point. I do think they're in the they're in the phase now. It's so early that they could do that for guys unless they're 100% sure that that person's going to be a, a vital part to their future. And, and Josh might be. I'm just asking. Right. Yeah. And that's the question is is where do you view him in the timeline? Is he a um, uh, uh, a buffer? What's the word I'm looking for? So disoriented buffer. right now. Yeah. Uh, just sort of passing the time, you know, as the tumbleweeds blow through. Josh Jackson is just in town, making everybody better. See a six man of the year when you're trying to when right. he's trying to, when your team's finally trying to push for the playoffs. Right. Um, you know, you would have never have thought that about Jordan Clarkson, right? Yeah. And Jordan Clarkson is running away with six man right now. He has balled out this year. And that's not to say that Josh Jackson, but it's just that you don't know, right? Like you really yeah. don't know what's going to happen. So I'm just tired of this. Uh, like people are somehow still talking about trading Jeremy Grant, which is wild to me. Um, like you, the, you get these shiny new toys and man, they, they get tired of playing with them real quick. Yeah. And it's insufferable. So no, because um, I people also think that they can get something like something magnificent for trading Jeremy Grant. That's also part of it. I saw one that said we were going to get Jalen Brown, and I was like, mm, okay, okay, Yeah, guy. somebody said to me that they could get the uh, the Minnesota pick from the Warriors. 
It's like, bruh, that's likely going to be a top three pick in one of the yeah. best top five drafts in a, quite some time. Really long time. Yeah, uh, no. So long story short, no, I would not do it. Um, James, I think we might run a little bit long here. So I'm going to... Do you have more stuff to talk about? We can wrap it up here. Yeah, because I'm going to switch up story time with James a little bit. Oh. Give us an instance. I have a few questions. Okay. Give us an instance where you asked somebody a question and it kind of stirred something up and maybe they kind of gave like a, a snotty answer and they're a little bit, they didn't like your question. Maybe you were a little bit, you pressed a little bit too hard, something like that. Do you have any of those? Like one where they interpreted the question wrong or one that like they were upset at the question Either or they or. thought it was a dumb question. Ideally the latter or like, like, yeah, they didn't like the question, but I, anything that sort of fits into what you think that means. Basically, has anybody gotten mad at you? Nobody, to my knowledge, has gotten mad at me for a question I've asked. Um, I told the story last week about the one with Stan where he kind of just laughed at me. The Willie, right? Reed, the Willie Reed question, yeah. Yeah, and I asked if Willie Reed, during the Blake trade, if Willie Reed would help with their rebounding woes. And sure, it was Stan, Stan's answer. I'm still answer. proud of you for even asking that. Yeah, I mean, I probably should have knew the time and place. I probably that I should have waited a day on that one. That was all about Blake. Um, but there was just enough Blake questions, and everybody was asking them over and over again, the same ones. Um, is there a question that anybody – man, that's a good question. I would have to think about that. Okay. Um, is there another question you have? Yeah, I got two more. So um, you've seen a lot of basketball games in person, a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. And what's funny is when I was thinking about this question, I go, he's just going to say the Dennis Smith Jr. dunk. But, brother, you didn't even see that. <laughs> the last in-person moment that you kind of gasped and you were like, oh, my God. There's a couple and people are going to laugh. Um, one that I was like, whoa. Like each move I was like, whoa. whoa. Yeah. Uh, was last night or the other night when Harrison Barnes hit the step back on. Uh, oh, he uh, deactivated Mason Plumley. He There was some crossovers there. I was like, Put him in a wheelchair, ah, yeah. Ah, it's like life <laughs> alert. Um, Sekou's dunk in Cleveland. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah, sure. That took me back a little bit. I – this is another thing people don't understand or might not know about the business. Like, you're not supposed to react on press row, like, no. either way. Um, so, like, I – there's some things naturally, like, if some guy gets yammed on, like, you just kind of, like, grab your chair and, like, just make sure you're, like, very professional. Clutch your pearls. Yeah, you clutch your pearls and you just – you don't – there's no – I mean, there are some people that cover teams that are fans and they clap and they, like, get caught in the, up in the moment. And that's, to me, as an old school, like – It's corny. Journalism head. Like, it's just – you just don't do that. Like, you're not supposed to be a fan because um, you're not supposed to let your writing be skewed by your fandom. Like, it's just not. Yeah. Uh, so that's my, my old school ways. Um, I don't know if anybody will remember this pass. John Luer in the garden. I want to say it was like two years ago, maybe three. And John threw a no look, like one touch pass to Andre in the post. And I was like, yo, like that. I was like, I like my kind of face sunk into my head. And that was just like, that was a dime. Like yeah. that one. Do you remember Henry Ellenson's dunk? I re I think I remember that where he took off from like the elbow. I want to say it was the God. Cleveland game that they they won in Cleveland or that they yeah. won in Detroit against Cleveland. Like the Blake trade had just happened. Remember the they played Cleveland after the Blake trade, so they were without Tobias Avery. Blake, yes, Bobon, yes, yes. And they beat Cleveland yes. in Detroit. I think yes. Henry dunked had a nasty dunk in that game. I okay, think yeah, it was it's kind of coming back to me a little bit. Buddy Heald's game winner. Ugh. Was Almost did it again, ago? too. Uh, that was two years ago, yeah. That was nuts. Um, have I seen anything else? Yeah, I mean, the Seku dunk is the one that's just kind of like... Were you on that baseline, or were you on the other one? In Cleveland, we're at, that was in Cleveland. Yeah, no, uh, I know. So, I just don't know where you sit there. So in Cleveland, we're not on the baseline. We're like up in, a cor like up in the corner, okay. kind of like a, above the, like one of the tunnels. Okay, gotcha. Um, so I wasn't on, I wasn't near the floor for that one. Gotcha. Um, next question. What do you wish people knew about James Edwards, the third of the athletic? 
I don't know. Um, Do you I, wish I, people I, didn't know about music? No, I don't care about that. Okay. Um, I just this one comment always like stuck with me. The one, and you know what I'm talking about. That's on our po- one of the reviews on our podcast. It was a yeah. great review, and I, if you're listening to this, thank you. They were like they said they were hesitant to listen to the pod because they thought I was like a on Twitter. I they thought I was a d bag. Yeah. And then they learned like through the pod that like I am a nice guy. Like I feel like anybody who like really knows me like genuinely knows I'm a nice guy. Yeah. Like I'm very polite. Um, you don't like dogs though. I don't like dogs at all. Yeah. I, no. I was bit. I've been bit three times as a kid. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Okay. Yeah, I got used to get chased home by a Rottweiler. Ooh. That that could always get the fence. Like I don't understand how that was like. How there wasn't a permit on fence sizes. <laughs> this one dog always always used to get us. Um. Yeah, like I I genuinely think like if I come across a certain way on Twitter, it's probably because of the same questions or you just get there's like irritated. Um, and I don't, and I've, I think I've done a lot, but if you check my timeline now, I think I've done a much better job of responding to certain things and just letting sure. stuff go. But I think I generally am like, like a nice guy to people. I don't know. And that kind of like that comment always like, do people not, I guess people don't know me and I could understand, I guess, come, how they could come across, like how that could come across on Twitter. Yeah. I just think like, I, maybe it's a personal thing. I always think it's important for, to humanize people. Yeah. And, um, I'm sure you wish that people knew that, like, Blake, Blake Griffin is just a dude, right? Just a dude, yeah. Um, I think maybe people didn't realize that about you. Um, you know, maybe it's just a personal thing. Like, maybe I'm just weird in that sense where, like, I don't know, you're what, like a, a D-list celebrity? Where'd you put, where would you put yourself? I, I wouldn't consider myself either that either. Sure, that. we'll dude, give you, we'll, we'll I give cover, you a D-list. That's another thing about this business. Like, sports writers have such massive egos, and it's like, bruh and bruh at we cover sports we write about the cool stuff like we're not like we're nerds no matter our backgrounds where we come from like we for a living we write papers every day yeah like mla formatted you got the (laughs) mla like we like our job is cool yes but like there are very few celebrities in this in this field like i would say there's maybe do you consider mitch album a celebrity In this profession, yeah. In Detroit, yeah. I don't know if Mitch's name carries a lot of weight in a lot of the parts of the country. Like, Woj and Shams are celebrities. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Adam Schefter is a celebrity. Um, Chris Haynes is a celebrity. Like, there are people that are, are popular in their cities. Like, I would say, like, I, it's, I'd say probably once or twice a week. Like, I go to the store and somebody recognizes me. I know Marcus Thompson's probably the same way. Uh, John Krasinski in Minnesota, Jason Quick in Portland, like people love their sports team. So they see you out and they um, like recognize you. But I wouldn't say like I would never consider myself a celebrity. No, not not at all. OK, um, you brought up analytics and I remember. Did I? Well, very for about a split second, you did. OK, because um, you, you, I'm sorry, you, you called yourself. You said you that you're a nerd. I think that's what reminded me. So, but I wanted to ask you a little bit about something that you mentioned, uh, I think two episodes ago, you said you had some stuff to say about the inside the NBA guys. Cause you and I, I think have a little bit oh, different yeah. opinions on this. Yeah. Um, and you sort of expressed one of those opinions on Twitter the other day. That was it pretty much. Yeah. So I understand why people are like, don't love the show. I get it. And, and this is just me as somebody who's like consumed by basketball 24 seven, uh, considers myself very knowledgeable in the game, has the resources to, if I don't know something to to learn something really quick. Yeah. Um, I don't really watch post game, pre game shows, or even broadcast to like learn necessarily about the game. Again, that's just me. I'm not the casual fan. Sure. I I enjoy humor. Like I enjoy laughing. I enjoy like commentating. Um, like that's why I don't ma- mind Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy. Like every now and then they make me laugh. And I know people hate them. Um, I, but for the TNT crew, I think Kenny does a good job of, of introducing the nuances of the game. Definitely better than anybody on there. But, like, Shaq not remembering guys' names, even if he does and it's just a shtick, like, that doesn't bother me because it's, like, very much 
I look at it as like it's barbershop talk with guys that have to wear suits. And like okay. if you go into a, I don't know, I don't, I go, my whole life I've gone to black barbers. And I know people that go to black barbers and get their hair cut by black barbers. Like they know what I'm talking about. It's, yeah. From my experience, a black barbershop is much different than a a, a white barbershop. Um, Probably. Like, it's very, the dozens, like, it's very, like, bro-y. Like, it's the homies. It's, sure. The there's jokes being cracked. There's guys that think they're knowledgeable in sports but don't really, like, pay attention to everything. Like, it's just very, like, locker room talk. Um, I shouldn't say locker room talk because that's got a bad connotation since uh, – former president but since ancient orange was in office yeah, yeah but it's very very homey like it's the homies and it's funny like i tweeted like my bar like i can i've had a, a dozen barbers over my lifetime and like all of them you'll be like yeah that was the skinny brother in charlotte or like that that tall fella that that tall uh whatever and like that's just how they describe it and like that's just how i feel like that show's always been like it's very jokey it's very homies hanging out and it's just for them, people look to them because they also talk down on guys and it's just like seen a certain way. So I get it. But like for me, if it makes me laugh, that certain Malik Monk thing didn't like make me laugh. But there's other things along those lines that have made me laugh. It is like it's just not a big deal to me. I don't that's not what I go to them for. That's fair. I think it's sort of what your expectation of them is. Yeah. It just frustrates me on a level that like. You know how difficult it is to find strong, insightful analysis on the game for free? I don't think it's that hard. Oh, for free? Uh, Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. For free, I think... It's a good caveat to add. Nikias Duncan is the best at it, period, in the game. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, But other than that, like, even Zach Lowe, I think, got put behind a paywall. Like, sure, they have the podcast and stuff. Oh, you go on YouTube. But it's like... I just feel like the guys who are a representation of the game, like there's like a marketing aspect for it to me that it just feels like that's not great for the game if Shaq's going to go up there and be like, Rudy Gobert is bad. It's like, actually, he's not. Yeah. He's really not. Um, no. If you don't know Pascal Siakam's first name, I am i don't think that's a great look. I, I agree with that, yeah. So I think my thing just comes back to, like, I know their name. Like, so it's, right. yeah. But it's just it's frustrating to me, and I don't know if it's I don't know if it's so much that I have a problem with them in that show, or if it's just the principle of it. Um, I don't know. It just kind of rubs me the wrong way every time people are like, "Ha ha, this is so funny." I'm like, "This isn't really that cute to me, actually. This just annoys me." James, uh, today is actually the last day of February. It uh, is. So we will wrap up our Black History Month uh, album picks. Go ahead. You cannot wait. I knew you were going to say that. To get to that. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. Next week, I'm to just going to get gonna to that be, Bubba Sparks. Yeah, next week, I'm going to be. I'm going to pick uh, uh, Abbey Road. I'll pick the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll do next week. Um, so, I'm mad I didn't do this most of the month. And I thank you, Hal, for uh, making it a, a point. I'm a massive, like, jazz fan. And, like, I've spent Black History Month just doing rap albums and R&B albums. I should have done jazz albums. Um, another prominent sound in, in black culture. Um, so I'm going to go jazz. I'm going to, I'm going to end black history month with one of my favorite jazz albums, West Montgomery, a day in the life. Phenomenal album. The, the title track, the very first song also titled a day in the life is one of my favorite jazz songs of all time. It was sampled in, um, action Bronson, white silk, one of my favorite action Bronson songs, but that, that beat, is West Montgomery a day in the life? Yeah, that's a uh, uh, watch. What happens? Uh, what when a man loves a woman? Um, what else is on there? I think Angels on that record. That, that sounds right. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna. You know what I'm gonna do? I like this pick. Thank you. It's a phenomenal album. So gonna, yeah, West Montgomery a day in the life. I'm gonna do that too. Okay. I'm gonna double down on it so that people will. That's like our official seal. Like you know what? Yeah, you actually. This is your only homework this week. Yes. When please, uh, for all our listeners, put at, if you're if you're not a jazz fan, at least listen to "A Day in the Life," the very first song, while you're driving with the sun out, and get back to us. Yeah. I, I, if you're not a jazz fan, I guarantee you will still love that song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. 
I feel like we're missing something. Is it just because I didn't do an because uh, I didn't do an album, and that's why uh, I feel that like we're and we didn't something? do like a proper story time. Oh, we didn't do proper story time. Did you want? Well, let me see. Where are we at? Are we running long? Eh. We're, at, we're right where we are. We're right where we are. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, if you made it this far, genuinely, thank you very, very much for listening. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. We will catch you guys in the next one. Peace.